Hey guys, welcome to Victory Church Online. We're so thankful that you're joining us here throughout your week to be encouraged and be challenged by the Word of God. Get ready to take some notes. Hey man, so good to have all of you. All of you that are watching online from around the world and right here in the Denver area, we welcome you. Church, let's give them a good warm victory welcome right now. Pastor Matt is on his sabbatical, and um, I appreciate him being an example for that. Uh, Before I jump into this message, I want to thank all of you for your support, your giving, and the way you support your ministry here and stand behind what we do. And, uh, you know, it'd be impossible to do the ministry without your voluntary giving. So uh, I don't know if we ever take enough time to really say thank you enough, but I wanted to do that today before I get lost. Let's just thank God right now for our ability just to serve Him with our generosity. Well, while Matt is out, uh, I'm Pastor Mike Ware, the founder of the church, and I am the young, vibrant, athletic, handsome, debonair, and suave backup quarterback. And if you want to know what kind of quarterback I am, I'm the kind of quarterback that I want to go out there and win some games. Is there anybody that wants to win some games with me? Well, there's about 20 of you. Look, I'm not scared of the enemy, the opponent, or the adversary. I'm here to win. We're here to kick some spiritual booty. Come on, somebody. Look, we've got Coach Jesus calling the plays. We have the Holy Spirit as the offensive coordinator. We've got our Heavenly Father who is sponsoring the team and provided the uniforms. All He wants us to do is suit up and get on the field. I'm talking about you. He needs you on the field, but there's a problem. Everybody say there's a problem. See, there's a problem with all of this. The stress and the pressures and the weight of life has benched some of you. You're sitting on the bench waiting for the water boy to bring you a drink. You're nursing your emotions. You're, 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 you're nurturing your latest excuses. And God's called you to get in the game. I mean, it's the, look, the biggest game of the season. Here it is, Sunday morning. Biggest game of the season. And you benched yourself. What's up with that? Look, you're not going to ever win a game by sitting on the bench. Sometimes we have to play with pressure. Sometimes we have, we have to play with injuries. Isn't that right? That's what we do as, as people on a team. Let me tell you what happened last week. Uh, we have an 845, uh, kind of a, we call it an encounter, if you will, a service time for our volunteers who are back in the back and doing all kinds of things. We have a little volunteer experience for them. And as I was coming up those steps right over here, Last Sunday morning, I got a cramp in my calf. How many of you ever had a uh, a cramp in your calf? I'm talking about not just a little one. I mean, it was like somebody hit me with a baseball bat. I mean, and so I'm just thinking, okay, if I can just get my foot up to the next step, I'll get up here and I'll hobble up here. The problem was I couldn't get my leg up. My leg was locked up. So I tripped on the step and I fell up the stairs. In fact, I've got a video of it. I want you to take a look at it. That was me. I tried to get, I could not get up. You know, the commercial says, I've fallen and I can't get up. I know what that's about now. (laughs) Tony comes running up here and he says, Pastor Mike. I said, pick me up. So he picked me up. 
I hobbled over here and I preached the message. Come on. You know, sometimes you have to play in the game hurt. Now, I don't know about you last week, but I felt like we rubbed the devil's nose in it. You know what I think we were telling the devil? Get you some of that. We're not messing around here. Look, I'm no hero. You know, I'm just a backup quarterback, an injured one, but I'm a backup quarterback. But I've learned that the game of life, sometimes you have to show up without whining, murmuring, complaining. Sometimes you have to show up injured. You know, what you don't know is that between the services, I went upstairs and I'm hobbled up there. And when I get up there, I have a stomach cramp and I'm bent over. I can't, look, I can't hardly walk. Now I can't straighten up. And the service is starting. This service is starting last week. You know, I've just learned over the years when it comes to pressures and stress in life, you just need to show up. Just show up. And, and I don't need to see a show of hands because we know everybody's dealing with stress and pressure. We all are. Just part of life. But you know what? I've got some sound advice for you as a backup quarterback. Would you like to hear it? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. You really want to hear it? Uh, you think you can handle this? I'm going to ask you one more time. Are you really sure you want to hear from this backup quarterback some advice? All right, you asked for it. Get up off the bench and quit being a bunch of sucky babies. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm not a sucky baby, are you? Look, in life, you're going to get knocked down. Get up. I said, get up. You know how to win battles? Just get up one more time after you've gotten knocked down. Just get up. The game has started today, and who's going to rise up with me? Who's going to be part of this team? Who's going to show up? Who's going to suit up and hit the field? Who's going to win the game today? We don't play to lose or tie. We're winners. We're not losers. I don't care what kind of stress you're under right now. I'm here ready to win. How many of you are here ready to win? Stretch your hands out. Put your hands in the huddle. It's going to be one, two, three, victory. Are you ready? One, two, three, victory. That's pretty good. That sounds like a winning team right there. I'm in a series called Stressed Out. Stressed Out. Everybody has stress. You know, I keep thinking of the word stressed out, worn out, burned out. That probably describes somebody here today because we fit in that. It describes people that are sitting on the bench and just settle it. The, the stresses in life are just, they're not going to go away. I mean, we're going to have them tomorrow, next month, next decade. It just comes with the territory. But they don't have to rule your life, overwhelm your life, or bench you for life. They don't have to. You know, what I've been saying this week is stress is here, here to stay. But I'm here, I'm here to play. I'm getting off the bench. Because I'm not going to let stress overcome me. I know I've got it. I know I have pressures in life. It's just the way it goes. You know, last week we talked about one word. Remember that word? It's the word peace. Does anybody remember what we said? I want some of that. 
Can I hear you say it? I want some of that. There you go. But you know, peace is a great place to start if you want to start dealing with stress in your life. But there's another word that I believe we need to think about if you're going to overcome or deal with stress or keep it from overcoming you. It is the word hope. You and I need hope. Hope is what gives breath to the future. It's what gives breath to tomorrow. You and I have got to have hope. The scripture says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. There are some sick hearts out there, sick hearts that are online now watching right now because your hope has been deferred. You've given up hope. I want to show you something in the book of of Hebrews chapter 6. Because the Bible says hope is an anchor for your soul. It says we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. I love the imagery of this, that hope is like a big anchor, like an anchor of a ship. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It, watch what it says, it enters the inner sanctuary. Our hope enters the inner sanctuary sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus, who went before us, has entered on our behalf. He's become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Now, I don't know if you saw this or not when we read this. In fact, it may have just gone right over the top uh, top of your head there. It says, hope is an anchor, but did you see where it's anchored? I bet you missed this. It says, your hope is anchored in the inner sanctuary. Behind the veil, behind the curtain is where your hope is. Do you even know what that is? You know, behind the veil is where the Holy of Holies were. That's where Almighty God, the presence of God was. In fact, there was a curtain that came across that in the temple so that nobody even walking by or passing by could even get a glimpse past that because that was where the presence of God was. Jesus, when he died on the cross, he rent that veil in two so that we would have access into that inner sanctuary. But here's what I want you to grab and understand. In the inner sanctuary is where the power of God is. In the inner sanctuary is where the hope of God is. It's where the presence of God is. It's where the promises of God are. It's where the breakthroughs and the miracles that you need in your life. That's where it is. The treasures of God are in the inner sanctuary. And guess where your hope is anchored? Your hope is anchored in the inner sanctuary where Jesus went. Why did Jesus even go there? To secure the promise of God for you. Oh, church, I hope you can get this today. This will change everything about your life. When I begin to think about my hope, my hope is anchored in the treasures of God, in the presence of God, in the power of God, in the might of God. That's where my hope is anchored. That's where your hope is anchored. That's why Jesus went behind the veil to secure those promises for us. Look, this is huge. And we read it and miss it. Behind the veil is your hope, is your anchor. Can I tell you right now, I can face anything in this world knowing that my hope is anchored in God's promises. That's why I can have strength. That's why I can play injured. That's why I show up and get off the bench. Here's why 
Hope is key to fighting stress in your life because our hope is anchored in the immovable promises of God, anchored in the treasures of God. And when a man or woman has hope, they can face anything in this life. Some of you have given up your hope, you've thrown up your hands, and maybe you want to quit. You know, we use hope, we use hope as a wimpy word. It's like, well, I just hope so. Well, I just hope I can make it. Well, I just hope I don't get sick. Well, I just hope I don't lose a game. I hope, I hope, I hope. That's a, that's a wimpy. We need the Bible word, not the wimpy word of what hope is. See, we live with this word hope as if it means, well, I wish. I, I wish it works out okay. I, I wish it would. You know, the Bible word hope means it's a fact. It's not just my little hope. It's my little wimpy word of hope. No, it's a fact. Wimpy hope says, I hope so. Bible hope says, I hope so I have confidence. I hope so I'm not afraid. I hope because I'm a conqueror. I hope because I can have faith. I can trust God. I hope. That's the kind of, it's a fact. It's not a wish. I'm not talking about a hope that makes us optimistic because there are a lot of people that make the mistake of hope for optimism. You know, uh, an optimist is one that sees the glass half full and the other one sees the half, half empty. A person of hope sees the glass in the hand of God. Let me give you a four-word definition of hope. Are you ready? God is in control. That's a four-word definition of hope. Everybody say, God, God is, is in control. Well, you're good. I feel like I'm, I'm coaching a good team right here. See, that's what hope is. So, so how, do you, how do you anchor your hope behind the veil? How do you anchor your hope in the treasures of God? How do you take this hope that God has given to you and put it in a place in the inner sanctuary where the promises, the power, the might, the miracles, the breakthroughs of God are found. Let me give you three C's that might help you do it. Number one, you need to concentrate. Concentrate on an all-powerful God. Everybody say concentrate. concentrate. It's like Boudreaux and Thibodeau. Some of you don't know who that is. They're, they're Cajuns from South Louisiana. They're my buddies. They've known each other since they were born, you know, and they grew up together. And Thibodeau comes over to Boudreaux's house. Boudreaux's sitting on the kitchen table looking at the orange juice box and says, Boudreaux, what you doing? He said, I'm looking at the box. He said, why? He said, because it says concentrate. (laughs) If you really want to keep your eyes on the Lord, you're going to have to concentrate concentrate. You know the problem with stress? Stress always gets you looking at the problem instead of the answer. Don't shout me down. You know that's true. We're always looking at all the problems we have instead of the answer. Look, when you concentrate, that's why Paul the apostle said, you need to think on these things, things that are pure and honest and just and lovely and a good report. He said, if you're going to think on something, why don't you concentrate on these kind of things? All right, now, here's what I want you to do. I want everybody to give me a real serious look right now. Now, squint your eyes just a little bit. 
Okay, you know what you're doing? You're concentrating. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm concentrating. Come on, give them that look. No, not that look, but give them the look of concentration. Okay. You know, that's what we need. We need the look of concentration. Look, when I'm concentrating on the things of God, my problems that stress have caused, they just don't seem to be that big anymore. They seem to shrink. You and I, we're not concentrating on the right things. I've never gotten hope from concentrating on something that steals my hope. I've only gotten hope in the dark days of my life when I concentrate on the thoughts of God, His promises. Look, when I concentrate and think about my anchor, my anchor like a ship's anchor, that's somehow buried down in the treasures of God, my hope behind the inner sanctuary, behind the veil. When I think about my hope that's buried in everything that I ever need in my life, can I tell you what? My pressures don't seem to be that big anymore. I have the, I've had the privilege of knowing one of the wealthiest men in Scotland. His name is Brian Souter. Years ago, I used to go there and do some leadership stuff in the, in the nation. And um, I got to know him pretty well. And Jeannie and I were there. We were going through Perth, Scotland. And so I called him on the phone to see if maybe he was there or we could slip by real quickly to say hello. I'd preached in his church before. One of the finest men you'd ever want to meet. He and his sister buy all the mercy ships for YWAM. And, um, and so uh, we get there, we get into his office, and he's, he's conducting business. I mean, he's, he's a businessman. And so we're visiting a little bit, but he gets interrupted by phone calls. One phone call he got, he says, I lad, great, great, great news, great news. <laughs> he hangs up. We're talking. A few minutes later, the phone rings. He goes, ah, lad, that's not good, not good. And then he said something that forever changed the way I thought about the problems I had in life. He said to the man on the other end of the phone, he said, the sooner the answer, the sooner the problem. And I began to realize that I don't need an answer for anything unless I have a problem. And when I have a problem, you know, I can hope. My hope is anchored in the treasures of God where all the answers that I need in my life are found. Hope didn't come when he had no problem. Hope came when he had one. You see, every one of you have hope right now because you've got problems. You need to concentrate. You need to fix your eyes upon Jesus. Everything you need is behind the veil, the veil behind the curtain. Everything you need is not in this world. I just want you to know it. it's in Jesus. He's the one that went behind that curtain for you. And I'm going to teach you a little something right now. If you don't get anything else, get this. If you lean on him far enough, he will lean back to keep you from falling. Do you hear what I just said? When you concentrate on him, what you're doing, you're leaning on him so far that if he moves out of the way, you're going to fall. You need to lean on him and you'll find that he'll lean back and keep you from falling in life. Come on, everybody say, I got this. Okay, you got this. Number one, concentrate. Number two, you need confidence. You've got to get confidence. All right, here's what I want you to do. Fold your arms like this for just a second. Okay, looking good. That looks good. Now, tilt your head a little bit to the side. 
kind of shake it a little bit like this. Now give me a little smile. That's the look of confidence. Confidence. Everybody say, I have confidence. Turn to your neighbor and say, you look confident today. Look, when you have confidence, you walk differently. You talk differently. You act differently. There's something about confidence that gives you hope. Let me read this out of Hebrews 10. It says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence. In other words, just don't throw your confidence away. I see so many Christians doing this. I mean, they're, they're believers. They know who Jesus is. He's cleansed them from their sin. And they just throw their confidence away. He said, don't throw your confidence away or cast it away, which has great reward. There is a reward that comes with your confidence. For you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Look, the promise. You want to receive the promise in the treasuries of God where your anchor of hope is located? Don't cast off your confidence because confidence gives you endurance. Confidence gives you hope. Confidence gives you reward. The reason why you don't have any hope is you've lost your swagger. How many of you like college football? I like that better than NFL and stuff. And the reason why is because they play with such passion. I mean, they'll come, out of, they'll come out of that tunnel, and I mean, they're running, and I mean, they're shouting. They break through the banner. The cheerleaders on both sides, the, the, the fans in the, in the stands are going crazy. They're fist pumping everything, and they're 0 and 10. In fact, they hadn't won a game in the last four seasons. But they're coming out all fired up. You know the reason why? Confidence. That's what you and I need is some confidence. There's a reward in confidence, and hope is anchored to it. When there's confidence, there's a reward. I don't know about you. I've got tons of confidence. I got it. I'm not ashamed of it. I know who's in my life. I know who leads my life. Confidence gives you hope. Confidence, confidence in me is not, I hope we can win the game. That's not, that's not what confidence in me is. Confidence in me is, we aren't going to lose the game. That's my kind of confidence. You'll never escape pressures of life, but God's given to every one of you a confidence, an unshakable confidence. And stress and pressure has stolen some of your swagger. You lost your skip in your step. I mean, you used to sashay around through life, just so, having so much fun and enjoying. All of a sudden, because of what's happening in your world, I mean, you're hanging your head like you're defeated, that you can't win. Look, quit feeling sorry for yourself. You've got a treasure behind the veil in the inner sanctuary. Don't cast off your confidence. I hear people say, can't. Oh, I can't, I can't. You know what some of you need to do? You need to slap the T off that can't. Turn it into a can. I love confidence. I love confidence. When you have confidence, there's a something on the inside of you 
that just says, I can. I can. Let me give you the third C. is the word courage. Courage. Everybody needs courage. Everybody say, I've got courage. Let's say that like you mean it. I've got courage. All right, well, prove it to me. Flex your muscle a little bit. Come on, flex a little bit. Whoa, wait, wait, ho, 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 ho. I almost busted my jacket. I got to be careful nowadays. I can't tell how many shirts I've torn up. All right, come on, flex. Come on, flex a little bit. Come on, show the devil your guns. Let him see what you got. Come on. That's courage. Come on, that's courage. Earlier this morning, you know, I was working out, so I took a couple pictures of myself. Why don't you go ahead and put one of those up there? I'll let them see it. Put the other one up there. I'm just wanting you to know, sometimes you just got to flex your muscles. That's what courage, that's what my courage looks like. Courage empowers my hope. Let me put a picture of my personal trainer. Put him up there. Don't laugh at him. He's bad to the bone, literally. That's the epitome of courage. Stress better not mess with him. Pressures better not mess with him. Now, whether you're like me or like my trainer that I just showed you a picture of, I want you to know that if you've got some confidence and courage, there isn't anything in your life that you cannot conquer, including stress. Come on, let me see your muscles one more time. There we go. Come on. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. We need to get our swagger back. We need to get our our courage. God did not make you a wimp. He empowered you. Look, do you realize, do you realize that if you're saved, that you have a third of the Godhead that lives in you? There's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm going to the Father, but I'm going to give to you my spirit. Boy, if that doesn't make you want to throw your shoulders back and say, come on, devil, bring it on. I got courage. Bring on the stress. Bring on the pressures. I got this. God's got this. I got a third of the Godhead living on the inside of me. What's your problem? What up with that? When I have courage, I can face the giants of pressures and stress. Everybody knows the story of David, the young boy who faced Goliath. Goliath could take him apart really with his bare hands. We know this. But you know, when they were about to enter into the battle, David didn't flinch. He didn't hesitate. He wasn't moved. But you know what David did? David focused on God. He concentrated on God. And with with a swagger in his step, He flexed his scrawny little muscle and put it in a bag and pulled out a rock, the rock that killed the giant. Let me me read to you what he says about the rock. Psalm 18, he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. 
my God, my strength in whom I trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Can I just tell you, when you pull a rock, I'm talking about the rock named Jesus, out of your little pouch with your little scrawny muscles, can I tell you what? The enemies of stress are going to take notice right away because you're about to conquer them. Come on, how many of you got your eyes on the Lord? How many of you have some courage? How many of you have confidence in the Lord? Come on, let's just say this one more time. God's got this. Come on, say it again. God's got it. God's got it. He's got it. Doesn't matter what it is. Let me close with this because some of you feel abandoned. You're lost. You feel alone right now in the world because of pressure and stress. I know we all go through these times. We all feel like we're in a wilderness sometimes. I got a note from a lady in our church a number of years ago named Amy. Her son, Darren, was four years old. She was taking him to preschool. And it was one of those cloudy days that we have here in Denver. You know, the kind of cloudy days where you can't see the mountains, where the clouds just kind of lower down and they're not there. You just don't see them. In fact, if you were to fly in, you'd never even know the mountains were there. And so she said to her, four-year-old, she said, Darren, do you see how cloudy it is today? Uh, Do you think the mountains are still there? I mean, I can't see them, she said. And the little four-year-old said, yep, they're still there. Mom, it's kind of like God. It's kind of like God. You can't see him, but you know he's there. A four-year-old who had that revelation. What's your problem? If a four-year-old doesn't have to see God to know that he's there, what about you? What about you? Today, I want to pray for you. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come right now. I'm going to ask the rest of you to stand up on your feet. Some of you need to really get your eyes back on God. Some of you have slipped away. Your minds are on your problem. Your eyes are on your problems. Some of you need some confidence. You've lost your confidence. You've lost your swagger. It's what the world does to you. It's what pressure does. It starts to steal from you. Some of you need your courage back. You need to start flexing your muscles a little bit and start to say, God's got this. God's got it. I'm going to invite you to come right now. Just slip out of your chairs. I want you to come. Our prayer team is right here. We want to minister to you. That's what this is all about. Why, why, why would I even preach the message without giving you a chance to respond to it? God wants to do something in your life. Would you please let him? You don't have to leave this building with the weights of this world. Jesus will come and take them all off of you. There's some of you right here and even watching online. And you know, I mean, how are you going to find hope unless you find Jesus, the one who goes behind the veil to bury, if you will, this anchor of hope in the treasures of God? You need to give your life to Jesus. You haven't done that. You know him in your mind, but it's down here you have to believe. There might be someone right here in this sanctuary, in this auditorium. You're going to miss heaven by 18 inches from here to here. Because you think about it, but you don't know him. 
And Jesus is reaching down out of heaven right now. He's wanting to grab your hand if you'll reach back up. If you'll say, Lord, I want you to come into my life. I want you to change my life. I want you to make me new. I want old things to pass away. I'm tired of dealing with all the pressures of life by myself because I don't have hope. If you're willing to say yes to Jesus, you know what he'll do to you today and do for you today? He will grab hold of you. He'll put the seed on the inside of you, a peace that passes understanding and a hope that will be buried in the inner sanctuary, behind the veil, in the treasuries of God. Are you that person that needs to come to Christ? Are you that person here in this auditorium that says, that's me? If that's you, I want you to slip your hand up and say, that's me, Pastor. I want you to pray for me to be saved. I need everything God has for me. I'm ready to concentrate on Him. I'm ready to have confidence in Him. I'm ready to have courage. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the people that are here. Lord, all that are gathered in this house, those that are watching online. And we ask you right now, Lord, that those who lifted their hands, those who've said in their heart, I need you. I want you. Lord, that you would now enter in to the holy place of their own heart. Lord, erase all the sin in their past and their guilt and their shame and make them a new creature. Today is a new day for them, a new day. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I failed you, but I invite you into my heart today in the precious name of Jesus. Amen and amen. We're so grateful that you're part of our online campus, or maybe you join us on Sundays and just weren't able to make the service. That's what this is for. We hope you guys have an awesome week, and we hope to see you Sundays at 10 a.m. or right back here at Victory Church Online.